It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Greetings, my friends. How are you today on this post-Thanksgiving Sunday here on the Jersey Shore? Lou Scatigna here, certified financial planner. And your money doctor each and every Sunday live here on 92.7 WOBM, 7 to 9 a.m. each and every Sunday. You're listening live. Thanks so much for joining. If you're listening on a podcast, whatever day or time you're listening uh, to the program, welcome to our two-hour show where we talk money, markets, politics. Hopefully you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did. Paul, how are you? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Fantastic, Lou. Me too. It was, uh, it was a you know small gathering. To, it was just me, my wife, my daughter, son-in-law, and two grandsons. So it was a small gathering. It's kind of weird for us because, as I was telling you before the show, for 20-something years when I lived in Jackson, we hosted the family. And I have five brothers and sisters. Add to that, wives, husbands, kids, grandkids. We had 30 people for every holiday at my house. And I really missed that. You know, my parents were still alive and, and whatnot. But then I moved to retirement community and smaller house and all that. And uh, we kind of uh, fractured at that point as far as um, getting the whole family together. I kind of missed that. Uh, but hopefully you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Uh, post-pandemic, less concern about getting sick, although... They say flu and RSV and all kinds of stuff is really bad right now. So uh, the normal sicknesses that we've dealt with, uh, we don't have that, like, the stigma of COVID. Remember how, how I'm just thinking about it, you know, how in the beginnings of COVID, how scared we all were. I remember coming into the studio on Sunday morning, nobody in the building, and, like, wiping down everything and, and just so scared that we're going to get something die. And we'll talk about the scam that was the whole COVID pandemic. Uh, boy, we got a lot to talk about on that new documentary out um, on the internet that just blows it wide open. And uh, if you're vaccinated or thinking about getting vaccinated, you're going to want to listen to some of the uh, snippets I have on the documentary entitled Died Suddenly. You know, we've been talking about how that's the new uh, number one cause of death now in America is died suddenly. We don't know why, but people are dropping dead all over. So we'll talk about that uh, probably in the second hour of our program. If you want to be part of our program, 732-237-9626 is our call number. Let's start off. I haven't talked about this subject in a long time, and it it always gets under my skin because I hate it. And it's about annuities. Right? And, and, and those who are long-term listeners to the program know I hate annuities. And I'm one of the few financial advisors that do because I don't sell them. I don't make tons of commissions on these things. Uh, and I haven't given any client an annuity in 20 years. Uh to provide annuities to your clients, you have to have an insurance license and a securities license. I let my insurance license go years ago. 
I'm not big into uh, selling insurance, so I, I let that go, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm so against annuities. I didn't need the license to do that, and 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 I want to explain annuities. Now, most people who have annuities never went shopping for annuities. They never looked for them. They were sold them. And the first thing to keep in mind, and you always got to think about this. Who's making the money? How much money are they making? Are there, is there any conflict of interest? Whenever anybody suggests an annuity to you, I suggest that your radar should go up. Because what most people who have annuities don't know is that they pay the highest commissions of any investment product by far to the quote-unquote financial advisors or financial salespeople uh, that sell them. So I want to go over the pros and cons of annuities. What are they, um, uh, and what uh, what they're supposed to do? That, uh, but th- there's more negatives than positives. Now I'll go on to say that is there a place for annuities in certain people's lives? Yes, there is. They, they work fine for certain people in certain situations, but most people have annuities. Namely, retired people shouldn't have them in the first place. Anybody who has annuities that in an IRA, uh, it should be illegal. And we'll explain all that to you here in the opening segment of The Financial um, Physician. Now, annuity is a contract. It's a contract between you and an insurance company. Now, keep that, always keep that in mind. It's a contract. It's an insurance product. Now, we could talk about how it came about, but, you know, the insurance companies uh, saw all this money going into mutual funds back in the 60s, 70s and such, uh, and 80s, uh, and they lobbied their congressmen. And keep in mind, insurance companies have a powerful lobby in Washington. Uh, And they uh, had laws passed that gave annuities certain tax benefits. Number one, in an annuity, the profits in an annuity grow tax-deferred. So you don't pay tax every year or capital gains on the growth of them. But we'll talk about the tax trap later on there. And uh, and they were able to compete with mutual funds and other investments. So you put money in an annuity. How do you do it? Uh, you could put a single premium in. You could put 100000 in. You could put as much as you want. Unlike other retirement plans like IRA accounts or 401ks, there's no limits on how much you can put in there. And you put the money in there and you make a contract with the insurance company that at some point you're going to be able to get payouts from that annuity, either in a lump sum, a whole amount, or through payouts over time. And when you think of the word annuity, what does it mean? It typically means fixed payments over a certain amount of time. So think about a pension. A pension is an annuity, right? You know, if you take a monthly pension for your life, that's an annuity. Money comes every month at the same time for as long as you live, and maybe your spouse gets part of that money after you die. That's what an annuity is. But annuities, for the most part, most people don't take periodic payments. You know, most people put money in an annuity to grow tax-deferred and to take the whole thing out at some point. So what type of annuities are? Well, the three most common annuities are variable annuities, fixed annuities, and index annuities. If you have an annuity, you have one of these three. So what's a variable annuity? A variable annuity, think about mutual funds that have market risks. 
So you put the money in this annuity contract with an insurance company. There's something called sub-accounts where you could put money in a growth fund or a bond fund or what have you. There's all kinds of different options that you have. And the value of that annuity goes up or down based on what the markets do. That's called a variable annuity. Now, the gains you have year over year, not taxed until you take the money out. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Fixed annuities are like a savings account. You put the money in, there's no risk as far as the market going up or down is. It just pays you interest rate. So you can put money in a five-year fixed annuity. It's going to pay you 3% a year. That's fine. Then you have what's called equity index annuities. Now, these are very popular now. Uh, Not popular for investors. popular for people selling them uh, because these tend to pay the highest commissions. And uh, what these are, are they're fixed annuities where your return is based on what the stock market does. There's something called a participation rate. So say the S&P 500 uh, goes up 10%. Well, if the participation rate is 30%, you're going to get a 3% rate of return. Because the stock market went up 10, you participate 30% of that return, you get 3%. And the participation rate varies from one contract to the other. And that's one of the most important things about that. Now, now, one thing I will say about annuities, they're so complex that the average investor has no idea what they're investing in. They just take that nice young man or young woman who uh, they trusted uh, to push them in the right direction uh, because they know nothing, uh, and they did what this young person said or that 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 banker in that corner office that the teller sent you over to because you have 200,000 in a savings account and they wanted to exploit that money and most people selling you the annuity doesn't know how it works now I've been in the financial services business for 40 years I still look at annuity contracts and don't fully understand some of them Because each annuity contract is different. They have different parameters, different restrictions, different fees. I'm a certified financial planner. 40-year career, and I still look at some of these contracts and don't understand them. How can you as an investor? You don't. You, You invest in them because of trust. And keep in mind, an annuity is not a life insurance policy, even though life insurance companies provide them. It's not a savings account. Again, it's supposed to be for a stream of income when you retire. So theoretically, say you put 100000 in an annuity, it grows tax-deferred until you retire, and then the theory is that you give up the principal for a lifetime stream of monthly payments. That's called annuitizing your account. Now, you could take the money out any time. You could take it all out, and we're going to talk about the the cost uh, I call annuities, and I, I I coined this term thirty years ago. The Roach Motels of investing. Remember the old commercial: you can get in, but you can't get out. Well, that's what annuities are. They're very liquid with very very uh, significant negative um, aspects of getting your money back. Now, an annuity contract. It's the opposite of life insurance. It pays you while you live, where a life insurance pays you when you die. And, and, and it's a big business. 
In 2021, total annuity sales in the United States was $255 billion. Now, is this because you and I were looking for annuities? No, no, no. You sit down with that uh, that nice financial advisor uh, that you came across, and, and he sits down with you and says, look, I got the best thing for you. This is an annuity. This is the way it works. They're going to make it sound like it's the best thing in the world. And you say, oh, okay. That's how $255 billion finds its way into annuities. And that's how $20 billion of that money goes into the pockets of people selling them. And always keep in mind, when anybody talks to you about annuity, this is the highest compensation that a financial, again, I don't want to say advisor because a lot of, most people in the financial services business are not advisors. They're salespeople. They're taught how to sell financial products, whether it be mutual funds, stocks, bonds, annuities. They're not financial planners. Now, if somebody has, you know, a certified financial planner designation, well, they're financial planners. And that doesn't mean that they're not pushing annuities, too. Many CFPs do. Just not this one. So, uh... Again, a fixed annuity, you get a fixed interest rate, that's the most risk-free. The variable annuity goes up and down with the stock market. Uh, an equity index annuity is tied to the stock market in some way. You can never lose. If the stock market goes down 20% like this year, equity index annuity is going to pay you zero. Is zero a good rate of return? Well, it's better than minus 20 and that's why you see these commercials on TV that you can only make money, you can never lose. Well, if inflation is uh, 8% this year and you made zero, well, you lost to inflation, right? But certainly better than being down 20%. And that's the selling point that people push on these equity index annuities. They look, you can only make money, you can never lose. The market goes up, you make money. The market goes down, you lose nothing. But the question is, how much do I make? When the markets go up, it could be a very small percentage of it. So, you know, you retire, you could say, you know, I want to give up um, uh, the money. I have two hundred thousand uh, dollars. I rather get uh, thirteen hundred a month for the rest of my life. All right. That's called annuitization. I don't recommend it. Now, I shouldn't say I don't recommend it. In some situations, it makes sense. For some people, having a guaranteed monthly income for the rest of their life is a smart thing. Who are these people? These are people that are not good with money. These are people who will blow it. These are people who have vices, gambling, drinking, drugs, whatever, and giving up the principle to know that every month they're going to get a payment is the right thing. For most people, it's the wrong thing. Why would you give your money away to somebody else so they can give it back to you in dribs and drabs over the course of your life? Where you don't have any access to the principal and there is no inheritance for your children. It's usually a big mistake and I usually advise people against it. So what are some of the the cons of annuities? 
The pros are that it grows tax deferred. So, you know, if you're in a high tax bracket and it's growing, it doesn't go on your tax return, at least while it's accumulating. You're never going to avoid the taxes. But that's one of the benefits. If you're in a high tax bracket when you're working, here's a way that you could put money away for retirement and you don't have to worry about paying taxes when you're in a high tax bracket when you're earning money. Okay, makes sense. But you're not going to avoid the taxes. That's about the only advantage I see in annuities is the tax advantage. But again, that could come out to bite you later on. So we'll talk about that in a second. So what's the disadvantage of annuities? The first disadvantage is fees and commissions. And the average fees within an annuity itself, you don't see it because it just comes off your return, is 2 to 3% a year. That's really expensive compared to other alternative investments like mutual funds and, and bonds and things like that. And uh, it is the highest fee structure that I've ever seen in investments. And I find that very troubling. What type of fees do we see in there? Well, the first one, the biggest one is surrender charges. And, and this is the big, big deal. Uh, surrender charges are, you put 100000 in an annuity. The insurance guy is going to tell you, hey, there's no commissions in this. I get paid by the insurance company. Don't worry about it. No money's going to come out of your money. So what happens is you put your 100000 in the in the annuity. The insurance company may pay them 6, 7, 8, 10% commission. Must be pretty nice. Somebody invests 100000 with me. I make eight grand. That's nice. But who pays for this? Well, the insurance company is going to lay the money out to the agent and then they're going to make it back off of you through the 2 to 3% annual fees that they're charging on your money. So think about it. If they're paying out 8% and they're, they're charging 3% a year in management fees, they're going to get that money back in four years, less than four years. And the rest of the time, it's profit. But what happens if you don't stay around long enough for them to make their money back and you just want to take your money out? You need it. You want to do something else with it, whatever. This is when the surrender fees kick in. They're going to get it back from you. The insurance company never loses. Only you will lose. So in the first year, the first, uh, first year surrender fee may be 10%. I've seen it as high as 18%. And that fee may be there for eight years, 10 years. It varies based on contract. It also varies on how much money the salesman's making on the annuity. I've seen 15-year surrender fees. Outrageous. So if somebody tells you, oh, it's not going to cost you anything, that's a lie. If you take your money out, you are going to get hit with a surrender fee. So if you look at, and many times, the salesperson doesn't tell you about the surrender fee schedule. They just say, oh, no, there's no commissions. The insurance company pays me. No worries. But if you look at the policy and you look at withdrawals and you go to page 56 uh, in the policy and you see the surrender fee schedule, you'll see the first year could be 8%, second year 7%, and 6% of the original investment all the way down. So now if you want to get your money out, it's going to cost you a chunk. 
And I can't tell you how many people don't know that because they come to me and I see they have the annuity and I say, what's the surrender fee schedule? What are you talking about, Lou? Bring me the policy or I call the insurance company. We find out that they're locked up. And they can't take their money out and do something else with it without a huge bite. So that's the number one fee. It's really one. That's the one that pays the commission to the agent who's not making it off you, by the way. Then there's something called mortality and expense charges. Well, this could be as high as one and a quarter percent a year. And this pays back the insurance company if you die. And, because if you die, there's no surrender fees to your beneficiary. So they got to insure against that. So you got to pay for that insurance. Then there's the administration fees. What's it cost to run the annuity? And that's, that's significantly high as well. Now, I call annuities the roach motels of investments, and this is the reason why, meaning you can get in, you can't get out. The first thing is the surrender fee, as I just mentioned, which can be onerous. I remember I had a client see me, oh, God, it must be 10 years ago, and a listener to this program, uh, and I always offer listeners to this program, no obligation, complimentary first appointment. And we go over a lot of things. And I say, you know, Lou, I got this annuity. You know, I don't really know how it works. I go, well, how long have you had it? Oh, two years. I said, well, you know what the surrender fee is uh, on this? What's a surrender fee, Lou? <laughs> well, well, let me explain to you what a surrender fee is, which by law should have been explained to you before you purchased it. Uh, and I'll look at the policy. Or I'll call the insurance company. I'll find out that uh, they're at a 6% surrender fee right now. Now, this guy had three annuities worth a million dollars. So 6% on a million dollars was 60 grand. Boy, the, whoever sold him these annuities made like 80 grand off of him on one sale. Can you imagine that? That's why I'm saying your radar has got to go up when someone's talking to you about annuities because this is where they make their money. They may make 2% on a mutual fund. They're going to make 8% on an annuity. What do you think they're going to suggest to you? It's human nature, right? And they'll talk themselves into the fact that the annuity is great for you because they'll, they'll convince themselves, they'll rationalize it. But it's certainly good for them. You want to talk about a conflict of interest? There you got it. Now, 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 now most, most annuities allow you to take something out every year without a penalty. Usually it's 10%. Uh, every year you can take 10% out without that surrender fee. But you can't take all your money up. So like this this gentleman who came and saw me with a million dollars in annuities did not know that there was a penalty to take the money out. Conveniently, uh, the salesperson did not explain that. And who actually looks at the policy when you get it in the mail? Do you look at page 56 on withdrawals? Of course not. So that's the first illiquidity issue, the first roach motel issue, if you will. The second one is the tax trap. Now, I mentioned before that annuities are tax deferred. Now, I'm not talking about IRA annuities. Now, annuities are tax deferred to begin with. Why anybody would put an IRA that's already tax deferred into an annuity, I have no idea. In my opinion, it should be illegal for annuities to be part of an IRA. 
Uh, why would you do that? I have no idea. That's called a qualified annuity. Uh, uh, non-qualified annuity is when you put after-tax money in and it grows tax-deferred. So you put 100000 in, it's now worth 150. The 50% that's been deferred is taxable. And one of the negatives of the annuity is that you don't have any capital gains tax rates. Everything's ordinary income. So if you're in a very high tax bracket and you take that money out, you may be paying 30, 35% tax on it, as well as state tax. Whereas if you had a mutual fund and you took out the money and it was a capital gain, maybe you only pay 15%. So a lot of times people come to me and say, yeah, I've had this annuity for eight years, 10 years. Ah, okay, you, you bypassed the surrender fee because you, you held it long enough. You don't have to worry about that. But now we have to worry about income tax. And one of the, the negatives of an annuity is that if, if, you, if you put 100 in and it's worth 150, the first 50,000 that comes out is taxable. The profits always come out first. It's not like you say, well, wait a second, two-thirds of this money is return of my own capital. Shouldn't I just be paying tax on one-third of what I take out? No, that's not the way it works. The profits come out first. So now we have the tax trap. People say to me, oh, Lou, I can't cash in this annuity. I'm just going to have $150,000 or $100,000 income here. That's going to blow my tax bracket out. It's going to kick me out of the benefits I have for property tax reimbursement as a senior. Uh, It may cause my Medicare Part B to go up. Uh, All kinds of crazy stuff starts to happen when you have a chunk of taxable income that comes in. Now, you could switch from one annuity to another annuity to another annuity. As long as you stay in that annuity universe, you could defer the taxes, but it's not going away. Also, if you inherit money, say say I inherit a stock that's gone up 100% from my mother. I get what's called a stepped-up cost basis, meaning that the cost for capital gains purposes to me is the value at the date my mother died. You inherited an annuity. Uh Uh-uh. There's no stepped-up cost basis. You're paying income tax on a profit at ordinary income tax rates. Um, so again, it's the Roach Motel. You can get in, but you can't get out. Many people have pushed these annuities because only one reason, and I know somebody, I have a friend in the industry, um, and all he sells is annuities. And I ask him, well, why? I mean, is this in your client's best interest? He goes, I make the biggest commissions on them. Why would I sell anything else? Is that person working for you? No. They're working for themselves. So nobody goes out and buys an annuity. Uh, People um, are sold annuities. And I hate it. Because they're trapped. And I never like to be illiquid. As an investor, I don't like to be illiquid. I like to be able to liquidate my money, do something else with it. You know, what if something comes along? Uh, a year after you put your life savings in an annuity and you have another option or another opportunity, you can't switch. You can't get your money out without getting hit. 
I never like that. I like to be able to zig and zag. And what if an emergency happens? You know, you, you, you know, your family needs money. You know, your, your son lost his job. You may be losing a house or you want to help him out. Right now you got to worry about what's going to cost me to get this money. And then when you convert it at the end, if you want to, you don't have to, you could take the whole money out, but if you convert it into an annuity where you're starting to get monthly income, well, if you choose the, the one that gets you the most money, which is called the life settlement, the life annuity, and you get two payments and die, that's it. I have $200,000 that I just converted to a, uh, an income annuity for 1500 a month, and I get 3000 back over two months and die. The insurance company keeps the money. Wow, that's a great deal for the insurance company, not for your beneficiaries. Or you may claim that, well, I want to have, you know, income for my wife as well or my husband, so I'm going to choose the spousal benefit, where if I die, my spouse gets 50% of what I was getting. Well, why should my spouse get 50% of what I was getting? Why shouldn't they get the same amount? And then when my spouse dies, that's it. There's no inheritance. There's nothing left. Same is true of a pension. I mean, if you think about it, pensions and annuities are kind of the same thing. Many people, when, they, when they're retiring, they have an option of uh, taking a lump sum and investing it on their own, putting it in their own IRA account, or they take the, the monthly pension or the, the survivor pension with their wife gets 50% or so forth. I almost always advise take the lump sum. That way your wife doesn't have to take a 50% pay cut when you die. And when your spouse dies, there's money left to for your kids to inherit. Never give up, your in general, never give up your money for somebody else to give it back to you. Doesn't make any sense. You put it, put it in a shoebox under your bed and take out that money every month. At least, you know, when you die, that money's still there for your, your spouse and for your kids. So annuities, uh, they're all the rage. As I said, $255 billion a year is pushed on investors. Um, there's also, I didn't mention before that if you take the money out before you're 59 and a half, the profitable portion is penalized 10%, as well as income taxes on the profit. So there's all kinds of traps here. And the most important thing is that if you can't explain what that annuity is to me, then why, why are you invested in it? And I have trouble explaining some of these annuities to, to my own clients who come to me with these things. I look in the policy and I'm like, look, I got, I got to call the insurance company. I don't understand what they're saying here. And one thing about annuities, uh, and, and this always causes me problems when I talk about this, uh, you have 30 days from the day you sign that contract to pull out. Uh, and when I've talked about annuities on this program, many people have called the the person who sold it to them two weeks ago and says, you know what? I don't want this annuity. I heard this guy on the radio and it doesn't sound like it's for me. Uh, I want to cancel the contract. And meanwhile, the salesman already spent his, uh, $8,000 and he's not happy with me. And I get nasty emails from insurance people and annuity salesman and i get uh, nasty voicemails because my listeners call them up and say you know what i have second thoughts about this annuity i don't want but unfortunately for too many people um it's too late
they're stuck. One thing also to keep in mind as far as risk go, um, if you're on a fixed annuity or an equity index annuity, uh, those are general assets of the insurance company, meaning that if the insurance company went under, um, you're out of luck, you're a creditor. Annuities are not FDIC insured. Some states have an insurance pool for it. Uh, but if an insurance company goes under and you have a fixed annuity of any type, uh, you're at risk. You become a creditor. Now, if you have a variable annuity, that's not so because variable annuities are kept in separate accounts and not the general assets of the insurance company and whatever the value is of those annuities would be protected. But again, you have to understand this stuff. Don't put your life savings in any vehicle that you can't basically explain to your son or daughter what it is and what the costs are and what the liquidity issues are regarding it. So be very, very careful. If anybody starts mentioning variable annuities to you, banks are really big in this. They like to, uh, you know, the teller is trained when they see that you have a lot of money in a, a savings account to direct you to that nice young man in the quarter office. So the nice young woman over there. And once they get you in there, uh, the answer to all your problems is an annuity. That radar should go up. And make sure you understand the liquidity issues, the cost, the surrender fees, the tax issues before you do that. And unfortunately, too many people now own annuities because they were sold them and still don't understand how they work and are surprised to uh, learn that if they try to take their money out, they're going to get hit with a big fee. Uh, let's take a break. 732-237-9626 is our call number. My name is Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Don't go away. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. Brick Township has plenty to offer in November and December to celebrate this holiday season. Go grab all your Thanksgiving goodies at the Farmer's Market on Saturday, November 19th from 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Windward Beach Park. The annual tree lighting will take place on Wednesday, November 30th at 5.30 p.m. at Town Hall, located at 401 Chambers Bridge Road. Also join them for the menorah lighting on Monday, December 19th at 5.30 p.m. For more info, go to Brick Township do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless market train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate for help with any of your real estate needs as well as any information on a career in real estate call my brother mark skatigna at coldwell banker flanagan realty his number is 732-657-6200 that's 732-657-6200 mark skatigna coldwell banker flanagan realty give him a call you'll be happy you did 
I'm Lou Scatigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial and estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday morning, 7 to 9, for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service to afford Advisory Group. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right. Luz Katigna here, certified financial planner, your money doctor, live each and every Sunday right here on 92.7. WOBM here on the Jersey Shore. If you're not on the Jersey Shore, but you're up early and you like to listen to the show live, Go to thefinancialphysician.com. We have a listen live button there, uh, 7 Eastern time to 9 Eastern time, where you could uh, get the live feed, uh, the streaming feed from the station. So you could be anywhere. We have an internet feed, and you can listen to the show live. Uh, If not, uh, no worries. Just go to thefinancialphysician.com, and the podcast of the show, the full two-hour show, is available. Paul has it up right after the show's over. So if you join us mid-show and you say, geez, I wouldn't like to, I missed the first hour, I'd like to hear it, no problem. Just go to thefinancialphysician.com. Another record week for downloads of the podcast, the number one podcast on Podomatic in the finance realm is The Financial Physician because so many of you uh, do listen to the show after the fact. And we don't care if you listen live, we don't care if you listen to the podcast, as long as you listen each and every week uh, to our two-hour program where we talk money markets uh, politics and things that affect your life and things that you're not going to hear uh, elsewhere, that's for sure. That's thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails, Lou, at thefinancialphysician.com. That's Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. you got a personal finance question, something I can help you. I love getting emails where I can help people. Um, if somebody has a, a, a concern about their portfolio, their 401k, or uh, I could push them in the right direction for help on a financial issue or, or benefits or something like that, uh, love those emails, love to be helpful, cost you nothing, uh, just send it to Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. I, I, I answer each and every listener email as long as I see it. Uh, and like all of us, we get thousands of emails, uh, most of it's garbage. Uh, I could miss it. And if I do, just please send it again. And in the um, in the subject line, you know, just put it in caps, please, you know, uh, uh, or you miss this, uh, and I'll be sure to respond to it. Uh, that's Lou at the Financial Physician dot uh, com. So we had um, Thanksgiving this past week. Hopefully, you had an enjoyable Thanksgiving. And, and this really kind of troubled me. This headline I saw, and it said that uh, one in four Americans are skipping Thanksgiving to save money. What a shame uh, that people are so tight right now that they would just skip Thanksgiving. In a poll commissioned by digital wealth management company Personal Capital, one in four Americans say they're actually skipping Thanksgiving altogether 
in order to save money. One in three are hosting smaller dinners. And a staggering 88% are cutting at least one dish from their table in order to make ends meet. Now, I mentioned last week that uh, the cost of Thanksgiving dinner is up 20% over the last year. They say that, you know, you could fit for $6 to $8, you, could, you feed 10 people. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but, um, you know, Thanksgiving is, you know, a special holiday for most people. It's a shame that some people are just, you know, canceling it uh, because they just can't afford it. More and more people are celebrating. You hear this Friendsgiving? This is like the new thing, Friendsgiving, uh, where, you know, a whole bunch of friends get together and everybody brings something. So uh, the financial burden on one person isn't too bad. Uh, And uh, due to uh, this pandemic, bird flu, uh, the cost of turkeys and chickens and eggs have skyrocketed. Food inflation, we're all dealing with it. Uh, It's outrageous. Uh, 52% of Americans are asking guests to bring a dish to Thanksgiving. Three in four are asking guests to bring their own alcohol. 46% are asking people to provide the dessert. And another 42% are going a step further, asking their friends and family to help pay for the big meal. All right, if you're coming to Thanksgiving dinner, fork over 20 bucks on the door on the way in. Uh, 57% admit their Thanksgiving guest list is much smaller this year, and 53% are cooking fewer dishes. Uh, And for those who've lost a job over the last year, and the holidays are obviously going to be even tougher. You got inflation and everything else, and now you lost your job. Uh, So tough times for a lot of people. Uh, Christmas, uh, people are going to be cutting back on what they spend. For Christmas here, uh, Black Friday disappoints thin crowds in desolate stores. So you on uh, Friday, uh, which is the busiest shopping day of the year, it wasn't as busy as re- retailers had hoped. Um, it was been reported that uh, shopping malls are seeing thin crowds uh, and uh, desolate stores. Why? Because people are too busy trying to pay their electric bill and put food on their table. They don't have the extra money. I don't care what's on sale Black Friday. Um, where, you know, we always saw the the videos of people stampeding each other to get a TV on sale at Walmart. You're not seeing much of that this year. I'm sure there's something of that going on. Don't get me wrong. What we are seeing is uh, there was a pretty big uh, online Black Friday, as more and more people do shop online. I think they said that uh, online sales were up like 9%. Well, if you think about it, well, if inflation's up around 9%, uh, there's not really an increase in retail sales. Uh, Yeah, if you're paying more for for gasoline, you could say retail sales went up last month, uh, but not really. So people are cutting back. Uh, It's not just here in the United Kingdom. There was a big disappointment on Black Friday. Uh, As people now, you know, they don't have the extra money to do this. 
is another headline. Inflation shocked Americans' plan to cut back on Christmas gifts and donations to charity. Uh, And why wouldn't they? U.S. consumers and businesses have trimmed spending plans for gifts, charitable contributions, and holiday events. The penny pinching threatens to spoil the year end for many, especially firms and nonprofits that tally their largest share of sales and donations in November and December, according to the Wall Street Journal. According to an October Census Bureau survey of households, 41% of Americans, around 95 million people, said they're having difficulties paying for essential household expenses. 41% versus 29% a year ago. That's a big increase, huh? Uh, So people are cutting back. People have maxed out their credit cards. You know, typically people will will, will use their credit cards if they're tight during the holidays. You got to get your kids, you know, Christmas. Santa's got to come. You know, the heck with the bills. I'll worry about that in the new year. But many people have already tapped out their credit line on their credit cards. Oh, they can't afford to pay the bill as it is now. And they're not going to use them. And we're seeing uh, the University of of, of Michigan household sentiment index uh, is so low right now. It's the same as it was during uh, the great financial crisis in 2008. And that's when unemployment was off the charts. And the financial system was falling apart. You know, it's now supposedly, you know, unemployment isn't that bad. But people are they're just so strapped. In an August bank rate survey of 2,400 adults, 84% of holiday shoppers will employ tactics to save money this year. Using coupons, discounts, buying less. And, and one thing we're seeing now is retailers are really cutting prices. Because they have so much inventory that's built up that nobody's buying. They have to get rid of it. So in some in, in, in some aspects, we're going to have a pretty good Christmas season as far as finding discounts. The, um, the Toy Association, which is made up of companies that make 96% of all toys sold in the United States, says this season will be a season of price cuts. And we're seeing a a lot of discounts. Uh, Gap is offering discounts as high as 60%. How about charity? If it's tough enough to put Christmas gifts under the tree, you're not really too charitable, are you? And Salvation Army officials are worried. You know, most charities get most of their money during the holiday season. Commissioner of the Salvation Army told the Wall Street Journal that people are facing a tough holiday season, particularly those who have to make choices between buying toys, putting food on the table, and paying utilities. Meanwhile, requests for assistance with people in need are up 25 to 50% from last year. According to a survey of 2,000 Americans, 44% blamed a lack of funds for giving less to charity. Why 42% said donating was for the quote-unquote privileged. 
you want to donate to a charity, the best thing you could do is donate to a local food bank. Don't donate to these large charities where the money is eaten up in administration costs and so forth. Just go down to your local food bank and write a check. That money is money well spent if you have the ability to be charitable. But it's very tough, you know, when you start seeing, I mean, everybody's dealing with inflation and and, uh, energy inflation, food inflation. And yet at the same time, you know, you have uh, people losing their jobs, and this is just the beginning of that as the economy uh, enters into a deep recession. And I have headline after headline here uh, that talks about this. You like orange juice? Well, Florida orange juice supplies are squeezed, forcing agricultural traders to pull orange juice from Brazil. So U.S. cold storage of orange juice plunged to the lowest level in half a century after extreme weather in Florida and uh, and, uh, a disease affecting orange crops uh, uh, are causing shortages. Brazilian exports of orange juice to the United States in the first four months of the season surged 58% from a year ago to make up the difference. It seems like it's one thing after the other, isn't it? We could talk about fruit. We could talk about orange juice. We could talk about meat. We could talk about grains. I'm looking at a chart of uh, orange juice futures prices skyrocketing. Uh, juice, uh, orange juice prices are set to rise 20 to 30% in the United States this year. Here's another headline. We're being told, or we're being warned that meat prices can go up another 40 to 50%. Imagine that. People are already getting sticker shock when they go to the meat case and they look at meat, uh, and they may go up another 40 or 50%. Well, according to this article, Yes. Uh, All over the northern hemisphere, cattle ranchers are dramatically reducing the size of their herds due to relentless drought conditions. Now, I brought this to your attention a couple of months back that that ranchers were bringing their their cattle to slaughter before they were even fully grown because there was no grazing land. There was no pasture because of this drought that's going on. Uh, They say it's a 1,200-year, multi-year drought in the United States. Meanwhile, bird flu has already resulted in the deaths of 100 million chickens and turkeys in the United States and Europe. And of course, you know, the elites in the world want us to start eating less meat for climate change. So we're going to see prices could continue to go up. A meat industry insider in Germany is actually claiming that several months from now we will have nothing on the shelves. You think it's bad here economically? I tell you, Europe has one winter ahead of them that's just going to be awful. From electricity shortages to energy shortages to food shortages, it's going to get bad. The German meat industry has warned of impending supply bottlenecks, especially concerning pork. 
Uh, and a board member is putting at least some of the blame on Germany's current left-wing government, which is well known for its attacks on meat and efforts to transition to a plant-based food supply. In four, five, six months, we'll have nothing on the shelves, predicts Hubert Kellinger, head of group sales at the large butcher Westfleisch, and also a member of the Board of the Meat Industry Association. Um, some beef producers in Oklahoma are actually claiming that the price of ground beef could go up to $50 a pound. <laughs> could, you could you imagine $50 a pound for, for, for ground beef, for hamburger meat? Uh, add, to, add in a deepening widespread drought, a shortage of hay and feed, skyrocketing prices, transport costs, and various other metrics. Some southwest Oklahoma beef producers suggest cheap ground beef could eventually top $50 per pound. Oh, but, you know, the answer usually is, we'll just switch to chicken. Oh, the worst pandemic in the history of poultry. A uh, hundred million chickens and turkeys dead. Oh, did you hear this one this week? The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, for the first time, cleared a meat product grown from animal cells for human consumption. Upside Foods, a company that makes cell-cultured chicken... By harvesting cells from live animals and using the cells to grow meat in stainless steel tanks, will be able to bring its products to market once it has been inspected by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That sounds yummy, doesn't it, Paul? You want meat grown from the cells of others? You talk about science fiction. And I've talked about this before. They want us to eat bugs, right? Other companies are developing something called beetle burgers. Beetle burgers. Yeah, that's what I, it sounds great. Uh, they we have to get away from meat because of you know your your, your footprint your thing. It looks likely uh, that we're going to have a railway strike. Uh, December eighth, I believe, is the the deadline. Uh, just what the country needs right now is, uh, given the supply chain issues and everything else, is a nationwide rail strike where forty percent of all goods. Are transported United States uh, government's doing everything they can to try to avoid this, but uh, obviously, if it happens, uh, it would have negative economic consequences on the on the country. It will affect prices and inflation and everything else. It's a perfect storm. They're saying that uh, it would cost the economy two billion dollars a day if that happens. Clothes are piling up in uh, Bangladesh warehouses as Western imports collapse. So obviously, you know, demand is going down. People aren't running out to buy clothing. Most of our clothing is made in Asia. Uh, and now they're shutting down uh, clothing manufacturing in Bangladesh. And these poor people uh, who depend on their jobs there are getting laid off. These people are already poor, just getting by because they have the job in these factories. And now uh, we're seeing a worldwide collapse for demand. It's all the same everywhere. Let's talk about financial markets this week. Uh, 
kind of a not too much of a volatile week. Obviously, we had uh, the markets closed on Thursday for Thanksgiving. You have a half the day on Friday, which is uh, usually a nothing day in the market. Uh, for the week, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 1.78%. And let me tell you, the Dow has really been coming back hard. I mean, it was down almost 20% uh, a few months ago. For the year, it's only down now 5.5%. So we're seeing the the Dow, not the rest of the markets, but specifically the Dow. And the reason why the Dow is going up, it's only 30 companies in the index, and uh, two or three of them are energy companies, like Exxon. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously those stocks are doing very well with rising energy prices. So it's it's helping the Dow. Uh, S&P 500 up about 1.5% for the week, still down 15.5% for the year. Three times what the Dow is, and that's a more accurate uh, reflection of what's going on in the stock market. The Nasdaq uh, up uh, three quarters of one percent for the week, but still down a whopping 28 and a quarter percent for the year. These where is the home of all your technology companies that are getting slaughtered this year, whether they be Facebook, Amazon. The 10 year yield on uh, uh, the U.S. Treasury bond down a little bit this week, three point six nine percent. Now, it peaked at four and a quarter. So we're seeing a couple of things happening with inflation and with interest rates. I think inflation has pretty much peaked uh, for the time being. Now, what I think is going to happen, and I think it's peaked mainly because we're starting to see energy prices go down. And energy drives everything in inflation because it, it, it filters through to every aspect of the economy. And we're starting to see energy prices go down. Oil closed the week at $76.55 a barrel. It was over 100 not long ago, if you recall. And that's filtering down to uh, uh, gasoline prices. I was coming in this morning. I saw 379 Still relatively high compared to where it was a couple of years ago, but certainly not 5 and we're going to see further decreases uh, in gasoline prices as oil prices continue to decline. And why are oil prices declining? Because of the demand. I mean, the economy slows down. You know, people don't not uh, you know people don't need as much energy if you're not driving to work because you lost your job. If uh, manufacturing is subdued because of a, a slower economy and we have less shipments and less ships coming from China and all that kind of stuff, lowers demand for energy. And this is demand destruction. This is part of what the Fed is trying to do, is to get people uh, to, to quash their demand for products. So I think we may have seen the peak in CPI for now. Now, what's going to happen is uh, the economy is starting to implode worldwide, and central banks are going to reverse themselves. And I, I expect in the, the early 2023 that the Federal Reserve will stop raising interest rates, and due to a market event or an economic downturn that's really hard, or the increase in unemployment, the Fed's going to start reversing themselves and start printing money again and start uh, quantitative easing. And now we're going to have the second spike in inflation, which is going to come, in my opinion, uh, in the, the late summer or fall of next year. And that's the real inflation. It's going to make this inflation look like nothing that we're dealing with now. So we're going to have a, a brief respite from inflation, in my opinion. Uh, due to declining energy prices, due to declining demand, but I expect uh, the Federal Reserve to reverse themselves. And we're going to see the real inflation in, in uh, uh, this time next year. 
Gold steady at seventeen fifty five an ounce. Uh, silver twenty one forty seven. Uh, cryptocurrencies uh, remain uh, deflated. Uh, Bitcoin sixteen thousand and change. Uh, after the collapse of FTX, which we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, so financial markets, uh, I, I think between now and year end, should be pretty stable. Um, but one concerning thing is when we look at the, the two-year yield uh, on two-year debt for the U.S. government at 447 uh, versus the 10-year year at 369, uh, we have an inverted yield curve that's growing each and every week. Now it's uh, it's almost one full point, uh, and uh, that is very, very negative uh, for the economy and indicative of a major recession ahead. All right, top of the hour, 732-237-9626 is the call number if you want to be part of our program. My name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. All right, time for hour two of this thing of ours we call the financial physician. Lou Scatigna here, certified financial planner. And your money doctor each and every Sunday on The Financial Physician. We talk money, markets, politics, and anything that affects your life. You want to be part of the program, 732-237-9626 is our call number now. If you're just joining us now, you're just getting up or you just stumbled upon us, driving down the parkway, going to Atlantic City or or whatever, uh, no worries. Uh, We have this show available. I know it starts at 7 a.m., Sunday morning, who wants to get up that early? Uh, uh, if you sleep in, you go to church, you miss the show, there's no problem. Just go to thefinancialphysician.com. At thefinancialphysician.com, we have the podcast of the program each and every week. So no reason to miss the program. You can listen to it anytime right at thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, and uh, so many of you do listen to the podcast. I appreciate it. Please share it and put it on your social media. Email the link to friends and family that you think can benefit by it. Uh, that's thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Something you want me to cover on the show, a comment on the show, you want to call me a jerk or anything like that, that's fine. Uh, at the financial, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, there is a, um, a documentary now out. It's all over the internet. You won't hear about it on the mainstream media because they bury this kind of stuff. And I've been telling you for, for months now that we're starting to see uh, uh, a new health, a, a new cause of death uh, that's concerning a lot of health professionals. And, and, and the cause of death is called died suddenly. I've been telling you this for, for months, that, that all of a sudden you see these articles every day. I see 10, 15 a day of a 34-year-old athlete dies suddenly on the soccer pitch uh, or dies suddenly... Uh, after jogging 
uh, or a football player, what have you. Healthy people just dying suddenly, dying in their sleep, having heart attacks. And they never mention the vaccine status of any of these people. I just keep in mind, you're not allowed to talk about this stuff. Leadership that went on of anybody who questioned the effectiveness or the safety of vaccines, and you were thrown off Twitter, your your YouTube channel was shut down. My YouTube channel has been shut down forever. I'm banned from YouTube. Because of some of the comments I've made on election fraud, on, on, on vaccines and the safety of them. Uh, and uh, this new documentary came out, and it's entitled Died Suddenly. Uh, it was uh, brought out by the Stu Peters Network, and uh, it, it was uh, it's a documentary from award-winning filmmakers Matthew Scow and Nicholas Stumphauser. And they've done other vaccines. Uh, they've done other documentaries before. And uh, what they talk about is what not only doctors are seeing now, what embalmers and, and funeral directors are seeing, where people are coming in. Now, I mentioned a week or two ago that what we're seeing is two things now. Is we're seeing uh, funeral directors and, and funeral companies, SCI, the biggest one, is saying that their business is up 15 to 20 percent, which is like uh, unheard of. I mean, one thing about uh, a society of 330 million people, it's pretty predictable about how many people are going to die each year. And if there's a variation of 1 percent, it's a lot. And over the last couple of years, funeral directors are seeing their business up 20%. Why is that? And it's not COVID itself. Uh, we're also seeing insurance companies. A couple of weeks ago, Lincoln uh, Lincoln National Life, big insurance company, issues a lot of annuities. We talked about that earlier. Mm. Uh, saying they lost $2.6 billion because of life insurance payouts that are going through the roof. Healthy, younger people are dying. So in this documentary, uh, doctors are interviewed. Now, I just realized, too, prestigious doctors with decades of experience uh, have been silenced when they come out and they they talk about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine as an option, or if they talk about... um, Vaccines. Dr. Fauci has been coming out. Biden has been coming out saying how effective the vaccines are. Meanwhile, you know, we're seeing uh, uh, more and more deaths of people who are vaccinated. Listen to this headline. This is from the Washington Post of all places. A majority of Americans dying from the coronavirus received at least the primary series of vaccines. The latest data shows that 58% of COVID-19 deaths in August 2022 were from people who were vaccinated or boosted. Wow, aren't you glad you got the vaccine? It's supposed to prevent you from getting sick or dying, right? Now the majority of people dying, this is from the Washington Post, are vaccinated. 
So what was the purpose of getting vaccinated with an experimental vaccine if now people are dying from COVID? But you got to get your booster. And they're still coming out with it. I mean, Dr. Fauci, this guy is going to go down as the Dr. Mengele of our day. Right? Dr. Fauci um, gave his last press conference on, um, I think it was Thursday. He's retiring. He's getting out of Dodge before uh, <laughs> the Republicans take over Congress and have him there. He's going to be living on, Con- on Capitol Hill trying to explain himself. Uh, but uh, he, he tried to do a press conference. It, it was a disaster. Um, and he came out and he's still saying the same stuff that has been totally, I just told you, most people who are dying are vaccinated. This is what he has to say about the unvaccinated. The real danger isn't the people who have not been vaccinated. So that's where we expect if we're going to see a problem this winter, it's going to be among those people. So my message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Now, it's been proven that the vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID or spreading COVID. He's still pushing the same lie. It's unbelievable. Now, chaos broke out at the White House shortly thereafter uh, as the press started asking Dr. Fauci questions about the origin of the COVID-19 Where did it come from? Was it this wet market from some bat? uh, Or was it based, did it escape from uh, the Wuhan lab that his agency was funding? But you can't have none of that. You can't have any of those questions brought up. And and, uh, uh, all kind of hell broke loose when reporters started to ask about that uh and of course uh what's her name pierre or whatever uh uh she um tried to shut people down that were asking him questions about this about this we have a process here i'm not calling out on people who yell and you're being you're being you're being disrespectful to your colleagues and you're being disrespectful to our guests. I will not call on you if you yell. And also you're taking time off the clock because Dr. Fauci has to leave in a couple of minutes. I, I'm done. I'm not going. I'm not getting into a back and forth with you. Go ahead, Jeremy. Dr. Fauci. Disrespectful. It is. 
I'm done. Simon, I'm done. I'm Simon, I'm done. So she didn't want to have any of that. None of those questions. He answered three questions uh, at his press conference. One of them was, uh, what do you think about the Republican majority in Congress? You know, how's that going to affect you? Uh, So that's one of the three. You can't ask the questions. Now, it's hard to understand that because it was chaos there. But now the reporters are starting to uh, really have it with this. You know, we've been lied to long enough. Uh, And... uh, Dr. Scott Atlas, uh, who was one of the uh, medical officials in the coronavirus task force uh, under Trump, uh, he was talking about um, what uh, Dr. Fauci's legacy is. And uh, he, uh, he didn't mince words. I think we should talk about Dr. Fauci's legacy, if I have a minute, because he's got a very important legacy. Number one, he presided over the biggest failure in public health history over two different presidential administrations. Number two, his policies were implemented, and those policies shifted the burden of this illness from the affluent to the poor and incurred massive harm on our children, psychological damage, long-lasting damage, an obesity crisis, and we really haven't seen the tip of the iceberg on that damage to children, and again, worse on low-income and poor kids. And then thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Birx, his underling, and many of these other people at the CDC and on the talking heads on TV have destroyed the trust in public health. We have a huge challenge as a country to fix what happened in his wake. And Dr. Atlas, uh, um, Ralph Barrick. So uh, there's Dr. Atlas talking about Fauci. You're going to hear a lot about Fauci in the weeks and months to come. Because the, the Republicans in Congress are going to have him up there like every day to find out what what was his reasoning for pushing this vaccine, this experimental vaccine on people, uh, shutting down the entire economy. It was all on him. And unfortunately, uh President Trump listened to him. Uh, Dr. Fauci uh, was deposed this week uh, on a lawsuit that was brought by um, Louisiana Attorney General and and the Missouri Attorney General, and and, and I think a total of like 14 Attorney Generals, uh, wanting him to uh, be deposed regarding his interaction with big tech. You know, what was going on? You guys were, were telling big tech to, to censor information and so forth. But apparently, Dr. Fauci could not recall any key details about his actions during the entire pandemic. He was questioned for like eight hours. And uh, Attorney General Jeff Landry from Louisiana said this. He said, it was amazing, literally, that we spent seven hours with Dr. Fauci. This is a man who single-handedly wrecked the U.S. economy based upon the science, follow the science. And over the course of seven hours, we discovered that he can't recall practically anything dealing with his COVID response. He just said, I can't recall. I haven't seen that. And I think we need to put these documents into context. It was extremely troubling to realize that this is a man who advised presidents of the United States that couldn't recall information he put out. Information he discussed, press conferences he held dealing with the COVID-19 response. And that, you know, that's what you do when you're being disposed. That's what you're trained to do. I can't recall. I don't remember. 
Nobody could say you're lying when you say, I don't recall. Paul, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Can't recall. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't recall. Um, but, you know, uh, now more and more are coming out um, about COVID, but the administration won't back down on this. I mean, uh, the Senate passed last week um, uh, a declaration or a bill uh, to shut down the emergency declaration of the COVID emergency, uh, including 13 Democrats joined them to say, look, enough is enough here. But meanwhile, Biden threatens to veto it. Because uh, they like the emergency declaration. They want it to keep going. And they want you to keep getting more and more vaccines. Listen to this guy. Joe Biden's COVID czar, <clears throat> quote unquote, declared Tuesday during a White House press briefing that God gave us two arms to be vaccinated with. D- did you hear this? This, this is... Um, uh, this is something uh, that blows your mind. But it's going to take all of us to make that happen. So please, don't wait. Get your COVID shot. Get your flu shot. That's why God gave you two arms. You one in each arm if you want. Go to vaccines.gov and let's do everything we all can to protect the American people. Thank you. God gave you two arms to get vaccines. What about two legs? Or you get four vaccines then. You can't make this stuff up. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, there's a new documentary out. It's called died suddenly. It's excellent. I've listened to it twice already. Uh, I have it available. It's on my website. Go to the financial physician.com on the homepage is the embedded video player. You can just play it right there. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you go to my website and listen to this. It's an hour long. Doctors are quoted. Researchers are quoted. If you got the vaccine or somebody in your family did, you're going to want to listen to this. If you're considering giving it to your kids, you got to listen to this. Now, I'm going to play um, some of it, snippets of it. And the most alarming thing is what embalmers are saying about these clots that they're pulling out of people's bodies. I'd love it if a funeral director or an embalmer who's listening to this program would call in and tell me what they're seeing. Uh, But um, they're pulling out these clots because when they embalm somebody, you know, you you put, you know, a tube or whatever in their carotid artery and the blood comes out and it's replaced with embalming fluid. This preserves the body. But if there's clots in the system, it's not flowing. And these embalmers have never seen anything like this before. And if you saw, if you watch this documentary, you're going to see what these clots look like. In many cases, they're like feet long. Listen to this. This one that I have on video is probably almost three foot long, which is incredible to come out of the, you know, the juggler up here. It's just, it's incredible. That is not normal. I talked to other embalmers that have 30, 40, even 50 years of experience. 
said, hey, you know, have you guys ever seen this stuff before? And the answer was always, I, I haven't seen clots like these. Uh, these long, white, fibrous, different, not blood clots, but they're, they're clotting the blood, so therefore you have to call it a clot. I have been in this profession actually for approximately 12 years and approximately two to 250 bodies per year, and I have never seen anything like this until the vaccination. Now, I've been in Obama for 41 years. 41 years I've been in Obama, and I've never seen clots like these. Here's a guy messaged me the other day. He even sent me a picture. And that fellow in Walmart? This is not mine. This is his. Same stuff. You see that? You know, we know something's going on. Um, uh, I deal with a lot of funeral directors and embalmers. Um, I attend national conventions, state conventions. I'm very involved. And, you know, we know something different is going on. We don't know exactly what's going on. But the timing of it um, is just hand in hand. We're connecting dots here. Um, and it certainly appears that there's some relationship to the vaccine and these um, obstructions that we're seeing. Um, no, really? Um, this is um, amazing, too. And it's amazing that so many people are dying suddenly. And and what a lot of people are saying is that where's the autopsies on this? We're not seeing that. Um, that would certainly take someone out. Now, most of the people are not autopsy. Therefore, no one will see what I see. And that's why what we see back there, people need to know. They, they, nobody will know unless we tell them what we're seeing because it happens. And then you have a visitation and a burial and it's over. I feel as though I am seeing something that could be causing their death. And the dead can't speak for themselves. So therefore, the only way to bring this forward is, is like, I have to speak for them. So why are we getting this from bombers, but we're not getting it from the government? Why are we hearing this from the FDA? That's uh, a good question, isn't it? Also, uh, we're talking about the documentary that's, I think it's had 5 million views already. And again, the mainstream won't even talk about this. This is done by experts uh, on this on this documentary. You got to see it. Uh, and it's easy. Just go to thefinancialphysician.com. I put it on the homepage of my, I thought it was so important that people hear this uh, because you're not going to hear it, you know, unless you, 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 you know where to go on the internet to find this. Like everything else, it's being censored. Uh, but you have to watch this documentary. And they talk about uh, uh, child uh, uh, pediatric um, doctors, neonatal pediatric doctors. Can't believe the amount of stillbirths that they're seeing from women that have been vaccinated. You were told that if you're pregnant, you should get vaccinated. Listen to this. Again, this is not coming from me. This is from the documentary Died Suddenly. I've been doing high-risk obstetrics for 43 years. I see a vast number of patients a year. Uh, I don't know of any other 
maternal fetal medicine physician in this country that sees as many patients as I do by ultrasound. At one point in time this year, I was on track to see 9,000, 9,000 high-risk OB ultrasounds. So I, I know what's going on, and I've seen death and destruction like I've never seen before. The stillbirth rate is measured in terms of live births per thousand. And really, it's come down in my career from about 10 to about almost 5.8 or 6. Now, let's go to 2021 and look at the stillbirth rate for Michelle's. This is horrifying. But if you take this death figure and you look at that rate at 29.3, that sigma that you're looking at, is 40 plus sigma standard deviation let that sink in so uh stillbirths and in, in parent and mothers uh having um been vaccinated i mean it, this is starting to, to to come out now and i mentioned to you about uh insurance companies talking about this Insurance companies figured that if there was something catastrophic that happened to the United States, they would see a 10% increase in all-cause morbidity and mortality. 10% just like an unprecedented catastrophic, you know, natural event or something that happened in the United States. U.S. life insurance companies have reported an overwhelming and unexplainable increase in all-cause deaths among 18 to 49-year-olds. 40%. Is no one's even no one's even calculated that? I mean, that, that's never been uh, factored into what things would look like. It's apocalyptic. In my 15 years as a doctor taking care of soldiers, I have never seen this litany of debilitating and potentially deadly medical conditions in soldiers. These conditions included. Strokes, transit ischemic attacks, pericarditis, myocarditis, erratic heart rates, arrhythmias, rapid onset and progression of various cancers to include testicular cancer, esophageal cancer, brain tumors, neuroendocrine tumors, spinal tumors, thyroid dysfunction, multiple sclerosis, cognitive impairment, persistent severe insomnia, suppression of the immune system, unprovoked blood clots in the splenic and portal vein, avascular necrosis, liver dysfunction, menstrual irregularities, and miscarriages. Well, I think if you look at the 5.3.6 post-marketing analysis report, the 1,291 adverse events, I don't think those came as diagnostic tests. So uh, you hear it from these people. I mean, these are doctors and such. Uh, and again, everybody in the military was mandated to take this. And now she's saying they have all these issues. You want to talk about destroying a country's military from within? And many people are saying that um, this is a bioweapon. And boy, let me tell you, it's, it, it seems that uh, uh, that's exactly what it is. And uh, I haven't taken a vaccine. Uh, I, I just didn't feel that that it was necessary to take an experimental drug that came out of nowhere very quickly without testing. 
and think about the whole thing, the, the whole propaganda thing that we had to deal with. And if you look at it, th- this was evil. And as more and more people are being affected by this health-wise, I know uh, many people have had adverse effects from the vaccine. I know somebody who died days after taking it. But we were propagandized. And that's got to scare you, that, that, that people were shut down and censored for talking against it. Uh, you were shunned. Some people uh, lost family members. wouldn't talk to you if you didn't. I know a person who said that they're now talking to their dad because they wouldn't vaccinate their, their children. And the father thought that uh, that was totally wrong. But listen to some of the propaganda music and, and everything else that we were put through. A majority of Americans expect a vaccine to be available within two months, and 65% of those polled are eager to take the vaccine, even if it's experimental. Stick it in me. Do you believe that? That's only a fraction of what was out there. Talk about scary stuff. This is all part of the documentary we're talking about called Died Suddenly. Stu Peters uh, put it out. Uh, two uh, uh, award-winning filmmakers put this out. And again, nobody's talking about it in the mainstream media, of course, because they don't want you to hear this stuff. But if you go to thefinancialphysician.com, I have embedded video. You can listen to it right there. You can watch it. Even Dolly Parton got in the mix with this propaganda on the vaccine. All right, but meanwhile, I just told you, majority of people dying now of COVID are vaccinated. And those who are vaccinated are dying from other things. Now, there's a concern also uh, that people who are vaccinated are having cancer. If you were in remission, it's causing it to come back. And, uh, and if you never had it, people are getting it. This is deadly stuff, I mean, uh, that's been forced upon us. And it was 600 million doses administered in the United States alone, forget worldwide. Now, um, Bill Gates and the elites in the world, this has been well documented. They believe that the world is overpopulated. And they believe that we need to depopulate. Now, this sounds crazy conspiracy stuff, 
but it comes out of their own mouth. Now, now listen to what Bill Gates said in the past uh, about population and uh, vaccines' ability to deal with that. Today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. He said it. Did you hear what he said? Vaccines could help with that. They say it right to your face. That's the thing about this stuff. They always warn you what they're going to do. And uh, Senator Ron Johnson uh, was doing a hearing in um, this week in Washington And he was talking about what he's hearing about in the military regarding the increase in cancers. I got contacted by attorney Tom Renz over the weekend, who represents some whistleblowers within the Department of Defense. I have declarations from all three. The state is under penalty. uh, This is under penalty of perjury. We intend to submit this to the courts. Uh, We have substantial data showing that uh, we saw, for example, uh, miscarriage has increased by 300% over the five-year average, almost. Uh, we saw almost 300% increase in cancer over the five-year average. Cancer is not being talked about except for by Dr. Ryan Cole. Thank you, doctor. I was the first pathologist in the world to say, guys, we're seeing an uptick in, in, in cancers. That toxic spike protein has so many mechanisms that allow cancers to wake up and certain uh, cancer genes that it binds to and promotes mechanisms. Everywhere I go, radiologists, interventional radiologists, oncologists, cancer surgeons like I met today, cancer, 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 30-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 40-year-olds, reactivated or second shot, third shot, month later, breast cancer, stage four everywhere. Uh, We saw... This one's amazing. Neurological. So f- neurological issues which would affect our pilots. Over a thousand percent increase. A so thousand. Ten, ten times. That's ten times rate and obviously that resonates. Eighty three thousand, eighty two thousand per year to eight hundred and sixty three thousand in one year. Our soldiers are being experimented on, injured, and sometimes possibly killed. Uh, Senator Johnson looked in the camera and said The Department of Defense the Biden administration is on notice. They must preserve these records, and this must be investigated. And uh, within 24 hours, that system that is run by the Defense Health Agency was shut down. This is the bottom line up front. This is the weaponization of our health care system. These are done in acts by legislators. These all started a long time ago. Some could say in biblical times with good and evil. If we think that they're not nefarious actors in the world. Wow. Why isn't this all over TV? Why are we hearing this? Meanwhile, Dr. Fauci comes out this week. You got to get your boost. It's it's amazing. And you won't hear this anywhere. Why not? Why they still, why didn't they shut down this vaccine a long time ago? unbelievable and you know you got people that are uh, some of these crazy left-wing people even people who have had adverse effects from it are so warped 
that they would do it again. Listen to this woman. Listen to this woman who's been so negatively affected by this. And she said she'd take it again. Oh, this is not a video I want to make. Um, and it's kind of hard to make because as I'm watching myself, I see um, what I'm going to say, which is I have been diagnosed with Bell's palsy, which is paralysis on one side of the face. For me, it's uh, this side here, the left, obviously. Um, so I got it about two weeks after getting my vaccine. And I had a rough go with the vaccine. Oh, I just messed it up. We got to hear this, though. This is, um, this is, uh, hopefully I can, yeah, I can pick it up right here. Um, and I guess still am. But I have to say that I would do it again because it's what we have to do to see people. So, um, I don't know why I'm making this video, but here's my word smile. So she'd do it again. She'd take it again. All right, we can go on and on with this, but uh, uh, I highly recommend that uh, I haven't talked much about COVID and vaccines and everything in the last couple of months, but you know I've been meaning to, to, to touch on it because the media is not doing their job. The administration is still pushing this stuff, uh, and uh, if I, 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 I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what to do. I'm just telling you I would never get this stuff. And uh, I'd advise anybody close to me not to let them put this poison in you. And if you've already got a shot, do not get boosters. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you what my advice would be uh, from just the stuff that I, I, I've listened to. And uh, don't trust me on this. Uh, as I said, I'm not a doctor. But go to thefinancialphysician.com and watch the documentary Died Suddenly. After watching that, if you would take the vaccine, then there's no hope for you. Uh, there's no way you could be informed. This out of Canada. Canadian doctor says the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario suggests unvaccinated patients are mentally ill and should be put on psychiatric medication. <laughs> you don't want to take the vaccine. You are mentally ill. This is how crazy this stuff is. It's, it's, like, it's like a religion. All right, let's take a break. 732-237-9626 is the number if you want to be part of our program. My name's Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Don't go away. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. Although customers were already going online more and more over the past five years, the amount of people doing business online has skyrocketed since the pandemic hit. Visit mylocalcustomers.com. Hi, Sean Michaels to tell you if you're a business owner here at the Jersey Shore, Town Square can help you find local customers online. Town Square can help you grow your business faster. Premium website services, new leads every day, no contracts, subscriptions you can cancel anytime. Visit mylocalcustomers.com. That's mylocalcustomers.com. 
Realtorpeople.com for details. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. I'm Lou Skatigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday morning, 7 to 9 for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service to afford Advisory Group. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. This is truly the fastest two hours in radio. It really is. I mean, uh, it seems like we just got started and it's already 15 minutes left on our two-hour program. And as usual, I haven't even scratched the surface of things I have in front of me to talk about. And that's why it's more important than ever that you don't miss a minute of this show. First hour, we tend to talk financial issues. Second hour, we tend to talk current events and politics and things like vaccines uh, and what they're actually doing to us. Uh, We were playing snippets from um, a a must-see documentary called Died Suddenly, available at thefinancialphysician.com. you got to go there and listen to it. But also we have the, the podcast of the program there. Uh, so no need to get up early, no need to skip church to listen to the show. Uh, you can just go to thefinancialphysician.com. The show is available right after it's over. Uh, just go to the radio tab and listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast today and listen to the one-hour documentary uh, Died Suddenly. It's really, really important uh uh, to do that um, because, you you know, they don't want to talk about this. There's, there's, there is a, um, they're not talking about, but we'll talk about it here. Um, we'll talk about a lot of things here that you won't hear elsewhere um, here on the financial uh, physician. The phone number here is 732-237-9626. Let's go to Joe and Brick. Joe, how you doing today? Hey, good morning, Lou. Good Got morning. some good news. Couple, couple good things happened this week. Good, let's hear it. I, I could use some good news. Phil Phil Knight from Nike was being interviewed, and they asked him if he would ever move things back to the United States. And he said, last year they uh, they're doing robotic uh, uh, manufacturing on the sneakers, but it's not 
quite up to snuff. And when it's perfected, they're coming back. They're coming back. Well, what good does that do anybody manufacturing no job. jobs? They'll here. be robots. Yeah. Okay. I got one better, Lou. Got one better. You know, my I maintain that the corporations in America are staying profitable only by cost-cutting measures. And here's proof positive. There's a move in the airline industry. You're going to love this. To only have one pilot flying the plane, <laughs> yeah, they want to eliminate the second guy. Yeah, and he's got to be vaccinated. Right. He's got to be vaccinated too. <laughs> you, you, you remember how they used to say if something happened to somebody, is there a doctor in the house? What are they going to go on the PA system and ask if there's a pilot? Yeah, in the house? Does anybody know how to fly a plane? Uh, yeah. <laughs> w- wouldn't you love to hear that over the loudspeaker? Uh, is there a pilot? You know, in the back. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and also. Well, things are looking up also. I spoke to my wife, and I asked her, what are we having tonight? And she said, we're having white on rye, but tonight we're having butter. Okay. We're having butter tonight, though. Well, at least you're not having a Beetle Burger. Or, um... <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw, I saw that. Tucker Carlson ate something on, on his show. He was eating, like, crustaceans or something in a brownie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do I – I even have it in front of me here. Uh, there's a uh, uh... – a 3D printed steak now uh, they're making with uh, plant-based material. So uh, they inject something that looks like fat and whatever. Uh, and then I mentioned earlier that uh, they're trying to grow uh, protein meat uh, by taking cells of animals and in and, and stainless steel tanks growing uh, meat for you. Uh, that uh, chicken is coming to market. Bill Gates was talking about this uh, two years ago. The uh, laboratory-grown chicken is is uh, is coming onto the market like very soon. I heard it on the news. Yeah, uh, you, uh, you could have it before I will. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it reminds me of. Uh, you remember Soylent Green, the old movie Soylent yeah, Green? Yeah, of course. Edward G. Robertson, best. Yeah, and you know you're actually eating people. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, who knows that we're not doing people, that yeah. now too? Who knows what we're eating in our food nowadays? Uh, but of course, you know they want to get us away from um, uh, eating animals because they fart, and you know they they cause climate issues. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, it's very serious. Yeah. Yeah. Very serious. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for the good news. Okay. Hey, Lo, don't worry about nothing now. Okay. I won't. It'll get a lot worse. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Always, yeah. Joe always has a good call. 732-237-9626. Speaking of climate uh, issues, uh, you want to have the outrage of the week? Uh, the Biden administration followed Western Europe's hysterical lead in climate change uh, by signing on to climate reparations. Did you hear that? We're going to pay at least a billion dollars to poor countries that are suffering from our abuse of the climate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The big countries, you know, we're, we're polluting the rest of the world and you're getting natural disasters. Uh, so Europe and the United States, uh, we're going to send you billions of dollars. Where's that money going? Is that going to help anybody there? Meanwhile, China, which spews more carbon dioxide than the United States and Europe put together, is exempt from UN climate change issues because it's a developing nation. It's quote-unquote developing. It's not, you know, a real nation that, you know. So meanwhile, they're doing most of the pollution, and they don't have to put any money up. This is all part of that green agenda idiocy. Yeah, we got people who can't pay their electric bills here in the United States, but we're going to send billions of dollars to poor countries as reparations. Uh, This is ridiculous. All we do is write checks to the world. 
Meanwhile, our home our, our veterans are homeless. This is ridiculous. And meanwhile, China is the biggest causes of this isn't paying jack. And that's the thing is that all these stupid Paris Accords and stuff, it doesn't do anything. It's all part of the Great Reset. You hear that a lot, right? This guy, Klaus Schwab. Anybody, before listening to the show, have you ever heard of Klaus Schwab before? I mean, this guy heads the World Economic Forum. And uh, he, this guy is like the Dr. Evil, you know, the, the head of Spectre, if you remember uh, James Bond. This guy's an evil person. And he's been around for a long time. He's 84. And he's been planning this for a long time. Oh, by the way, he came out at the World Economic Forum uh, recently, and he said that uh, that China was a role model for other nations, the way they handle things there. I think it's a role model for many countries, he said. Meanwhile, China is a gigantic prison. You see what's going on there. So I want to play for you. I mean, like I said, the elites... The New World Order, the Great Reset, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them. The people who really control the world. You're going to listen to, in this following order here, you're going to listen to George Soros. You want to talk about a despicable, evil human being whose only goal in life now is to destroy the United States and is doing a good job of it. He's the number one contributor to the Democrats. He also contributes to all these um, attorney generals in big cities that are letting everybody out of jail. He wants to sow chaos in the United States. So listen to George Soros first. Then we have Klaus Schwab. Then we have Justin Trudeau, who is a World Economic Forum student uh, who controls Canada. Now we see what's going on there. Um, And just watch Canada because everything happens in Canada comes here next, you know. Uh, and listen to what they say about, they tell you what they're going to do. Listen to what they're going to do about the Great Reset and how this pandemic has helped and everything else. COVID-19 also helped legitimize instruments of control. It's a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. Therefore, we have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. Also be clear, the future is not just happening. The future is built by us. Those people definitely have had tremendous influence and sway in this whole thing. And that is why they seemingly know how to hold these events and almost perfectly predict what's going to happen. So there you have it from there. The elites mouths, the Great Reset and how the pandemic was good for it. Klaus Schwab. Something about a German accent that always makes me uneasy. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this, Leslie. It's still here on my pile. Uh, I may have. Uh, but uh, 
the group of 20, the G20, met uh, November 15th, uh, then 16th, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, Biden was stumbling around there. And uh, But anyway, they came out and they said that, uh, therefore, uh, uh, a digital health care certificate, a worldwide vaccine passport, if you will, uh, so you can't travel anywhere in the world uh, without this passport. And I just played all the reasons why you should never get this vaccine. Not from my mouth, from experts. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just what's happening in the world. You couldn't believe it. It's even possible. It, it's so staggering. It's so over the top. The things that we talk about now. And wait till we talk about the financial aspects of what's going to happen very, very soon in this world. It's starting already, but we're going to be talking about things that you wouldn't even think possible financially. Remember I was telling you one of the big concerns I have about the banks is maybe a, a bank failing in Europe causing a domino effect around the world. And that's all it really takes. Uh, and I've been telling you about um, uh, Credit Suisse, uh, the big Swiss banking conglomerate, that I said they were in trouble. I've been looking at their stock price uh, uh, that was 50 or $60 and now in the threes, um, uh, that there's something going on there. And I also mentioned that in October that the Fed was quietly wiring $11 billion a week to the Swiss National Bank. And I said that that means that that money is going into the Swiss banking system that's in trouble. Well, as it turns out, I was entirely correct. Uh, and it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the bank was Credit Suisse. You know, if you just look at their stock, stock chart, you would know what was going on in there. So now, uh, a month later, uh, it's been revealed by the bank that there's a major bank run going on there. Clients pulled out as much as 84 billion Swiss francs or 88 billion U.S. dollars from the bank during the first few weeks of the quarter. So obviously, that's the problem. And of course, the U.S. Federal Reserve bailed them out. And now they're trying to restructure And the bank says now that they're going to lose $1.6 billion in the final three months of this year. So obviously, this bank is in major trouble. And the problem is, it can't fail. If it fails, then all the other banks start to fail. Uh, I knew knew something was wrong there. And I told you that you got Credit Suisse. You also got Deutsche Bank in Germany is another big bank in trouble. And we're going to see more and more of that. Now, um, the Biden administration, it's not Biden. Biden does whatever he's told. You know that. Uh, You know, they were trying to um, forgive up to $20 million in student loans for people, certain people. Uh, The courts have weighed in and said this is unconstitutional. Uh, An appeals court, a federal appeals court said that and they can't do it. Now the Biden administration is going to the Supreme Court asking them to rule on it. And if they just rule on it from a constitutional standpoint, I mean, it's the president has no right to spend money and he's going to spend over $400 billion of our money bailing out people who took student loans. No, people are saying, wait a second, I never went to college, right? Why am I bailing out? Why am I paying for somebody else's loans? 
Uh, and that's a, that's a good question. Why are we paying for somebody else's loans? But anyway, uh, instead of just accepting it, the White House is going to the Supreme Court. And then they announced on Tuesday that they're going to extend the student loan payment pause through June 2023. So now you don't have to pay your student loan. They keep pushing it back and back and back and back and back. Unbelievable. We're living in a crazy world, my friends. We are living in a crazy world. If you missed any of the program, you have to go to thefinancialphysician.com and listen to the podcast of the program. It is the fastest two hours in uh, talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, we have the documentary video on my website, Suddenly Died Suddenly. You've got to watch that. Go there right now and watch that and then listen to the podcast. Love your emails. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. My office number, if you want to come in for a no-obligation financial review, 732-905-8100, 732-905-8100. Have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not far right. I'm just right so far.